0: Played, uh, for three or four hours. <laughs> yeah, many. that's a record. Uh, yes. The, today, it was refusing to work on uh, Linux or something, uh, but uh, never mind. We are here to talk about PHP, and we have a set of very interesting topics that I'm going to discuss with my very patient buddy, <laughs> Arthur Saucings. Hello, Arthur. How are you doing?
1: Oh, sleepy, but I'm holding.
0: Still, uh, still, still awake. Uh, again, yes, uh, for now. Yeah, let me share the screen here. If Windows lets me because I'm using Windows against my religion. And, <laughs> but uh, I guess now we can make it. So, today we are going to start about the usual topics. So, let me give you an overview. First, we we'll comment on the latest uh, PHP versions, either PHP 7.1 and 7.0 as well. And if I can put it in the right focus window, okay, here it is. Then we talk about a proposal uh, about sc- scalar type casting when we are passing values. Um, to, to functions that uh, may require casting, like when you pass an object and it uh, actually expects uh, the scalar value. Then we talk about the, the preparation um, for the PHP 7.2 release, which uh, is supposed to happen towards the end of the year, um, but there is already a schedule here. We'll get back to this. Then we talk about uh, having support for the float type on PGO uh, database access calls, I think this is for prepared statements, and then we have uh, here a discussion about an, an alternative, well let's say a replacement, but I think it is an alternative because uh, the idea is to have two ways to serialize uh, an object, with uh, a new interface. So I suppose the whole interface will still work. Then there is a very complicated and weird proposal from a guy that uh, elaborated an RFC and pasted it on the PHP internals, um, uh, mail, this is the mailing list. Uh, but after a great struggle, I think we managed what you wanted to do. It's like uh, filtering the input variables without having to uh, use the super global the variables. Then uh, uh, we talk about a few articles that have been published, starting one that talks about an alternative uh, class for um, the STD class, which is the default class for PHP objects, PHP generic objects. Then we have an, an article, a, a tutorial article about how to install Laravel framework on Ubuntu and finally we have an article about um, some weird thing that happened on Chrome that was preventing uh, some um, forms with the uh, uh, rich text editors to submit um, uh, forms with the articles, uh, HTML uh, documents, to the server because there was some security block on Chrome and this article talks about what happened and now to work around the the block because it was a bogus uh, solution that probably only get fixed on Chrome 58 or 59, I don't know. Because I did not check, I, I just changed something on the server. Anyway, uh, uh, starting with the topics today, uh, we'll just cover briefly the the things, the the PHP releases that are are, are being uh, published uh, every month, and uh, for the PHP seven, the release of seven point zero eighteen, and uh, I did not see many relevant features just basically the, the usual set of bug fixes. Uh, I not, did not even see anything uh, more important that usually it is related with security. Arthur did you notice anything that I'm not noticing? Because
1: no nothing much.
0: For PHP one, but for a very similar uh, set of bug fixes. So, as usual, you should you are recommended to take a look and see if this affects any of your applications and consider upgrading. So, uh, given this, let's move on to the usual set of features that we are uh, covering. And this month, there were not many new features to be to com- comment about. Many proposals, many discussions, because uh, probably due to the com- upcoming PHP 7.2. Um, people tend to slow down on the proposals, because the feature set for PHP 7.0.2 is basically closed. So the one um, topic uh, proposed here, which would be to somehow... I think this is to avoid some possible bugs that you may uh, have on your PHP software, when you call a function of a class that takes uh, a scalar type value and uh, if you pass an object, uh, the, the class will be called to do the the expected object casting into uh, uh, the scalar type, it could be an integer, it could be a string, it could be something else. <laughs> so I guess the problem is, uh, is what happens when the, the, the object is passed by reference and I think in this case it would probably be a programming mistake, right? Because
1: yes, it would yeah. change your original object, change its type basically,
0: right? Because when you call a function uh, that takes a reference, you are implicitly saying that you expect that the, the function may change the value, but if uh, there is a cast between an object and the scalar value. Uh, that probably wouldn't make sense that's what i got from this proposal so the idea is to but if you
1: cast yeah yeah if you cast from scholar type to scholar type that's okay because it's reversible but there are situations where it could be irreversible
0: Uh, you mean uh, from uh, cast
1: from object to string
0: well but that in that case it's not a cast because if you are passing oh maybe well i don't know for instance if you if you pass a string and the text an integer there will be an implicit conversion and oh uh, true
1: it, it could also lose data right
0: yeah mm. uh, and since i'm using windows how do i stop this to ask me <laughs> to upgrade the windows version uh, uh tell you to do it in four hours, not now. <laughs> um, anyway, you, this distract me a bit. <laughs> what worry I was I seeing? Uh, yeah, so
1: even if you convert between score types, you can all, also lose information, like from converting from string to integer. Yeah. And, and you so, can't get it back.
0: So there should be no conversion when the, the values are passed by reference. That's what I get from this, and they want to issue somehow an uh, Uh, A warning, right?
1: An error, maybe? An error, error,
0: a fatal error. I'm trying to find where is the the paragraph that says that. Uh... There was a discussion and not many people discussed it. Yeah, okay. Anyway, it's just another means to prevent that you introduce bugs in your software. Okay, the next Topic that we are going to cover is the preparation for PHP 7.0.2. Then they uh, they have here the, the timeline that they are planning. So the first uh, alpha release is scheduled to June 8. And uh, if this is just uh, to give uh, some expectation, I'm not planning to test anything, but maybe other people are. And they have the uh, schedule for alpha, beta, RCs, and mm-hmm. um,
1: but as you see feature freeze is only on july 20 so still can get some rfc's
0: where are you seeing feature freeze didn't that happen already
1: no july 20. Uh,
0: july 20. branch and feature freeze. oh i thought it was feature frozen already or at least uh, yes feature frozen means no proposal okay well this is just uh, uh estimation for the releases and it's uh, we, we never know how many release candidates there will be. Yes. Yeah, Could true. It couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be something else. And um, that's so by the end of the year, PHP 7.2 is expected to be released. And uh, I did not see the thread, but it seems that the release managers are Sarah, I suppose Sarah Golligan and Remy. So um, I think the vote, I, th- I did not notice the, the, topic, the topic they were discussing the vote because we talked about it uh, last month, so I skipped it. Yeah. Uh, okay, anyway, this is just to give you an idea. For most people, what matters is that probably they will not try PHP dot 2 before 2018. That's what I think. Because they let them release and fix the, the first bugs before they try it. Okay, the next topic that we're going to comment is about uh, supporting the float type for PDO. Uh, I think it's prepared statements, and uh, Mm -hmm. they are listing here all the the drivers that they plan to support it. I don't know. I don't know if, if I don't remember if float is actually a type in all databases that support it. Or, they are, or is this something that they are planning to emulate on those that, I know there is decimal no. and integer, but do all the, old the databases I think
1: I, From, I don't know, I know about all, but I think the most popular ones do.
0: Is it float or is it dull? Because there's double, some
1: difference. Double, my SQL had both, I think.
0: Yes, my SQL have everything, including the <laughs> ones. Oh, Okay, this is the, uh, just to make it more feature-complete because uh, people that wanted to use floats before, they would probably get some workaround, but it's not a big problem.
1: It's actually not the first time. Previously, we discussed about Unicode, some characters, and before that was something else, so PDO is not complete with types, and they need to add more, more, and more.
0: Yes, they are never done there. They want to make it so bloated that nobody wants to use it, (laughs) just kidding. Okay, anyway, uh, the next topic that we are going to comment is about serialization. Basically, uh, there is a uh, uh, discussion here that mentions that there are some issues about the current way that um, Serialize uh, uh, happens. And uh, so they are basically proposing to have an, an additional interface for serializing uh, objects. and the, Depending on what the, the, the class implements, it will call the right functions to unserialize and the unserialize.
1: Uh, In the old way or the new way?
0: Well, uh, I, I mean, if you have the, the old way, they call the old way. It should be to call yep. or wake up for unserialize. If you have uh, serialize, but I'm not sure if this is if depends on the interfaces that you declare. I did not take a look, but anyway. This no,
1: is, this is our magic methods, I think.
0: Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, if you have those magic methods, they, they will be called to maybe restore some state of the object because it's not just a matter of filling up some variables with the values that were serialized. Okay. Well, probably
1: the proposition is not magic methods itself. Probably there will be some other interface for this, but yeah. But the idea is that implement something additionally that would behave differently and leave existing, as this and maybe even make them intercompatible somehow too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, well, the next topic, it's a bit complicated one, not the topic, but the proposal <laughs> because the author <laughs> decided to write a testament <laughs> to a book. Present, present his idea. Basically he, he seems to want to not need to use the super globals to retrieve variables from the request and uh, so you wouldn't you would be allowed to not use the super globals and then you would call the filter of the extension functions specifying uh an input source i thought it, this was already what we had.
1: i think yeah we have input sources there type. no uh, so i
0: don't so i'm not sure what exactly you wanted did you get
1: anything? yes so so basically, uh, there there is some filtering of the variables that come to PHP script through get or post or other sources. And uh, the validation there is quite limited. We can have like a boolean or a number or a string or stuff like that. Yeah. What he wants is a way to customize it much more. So you can basically do form validation based on these filters. For, for like validate, validate zip code, validate email address and stuff like that
0: yeah i see well it's a lot of text to to make of a proposal that seems to be simple after all but uh, <laughs> people are complicated and i don't know if this discussion went very far it's still uh well it is still very relatively recent it went through May. okay
1: basically i think discussion moved in the phase that most probably, this should be moved to userland. It should be managed by userland, not by core PHP filter functions. On to which he replied that uh, his current approach is he doing it uh, actually is quite slow. So he thought maybe if do it for filtering to be faster. And then they discussed how they can make his approach faster. But probably this won't move to our RFC either way.
0: Yeah, because and people are too complicated. Well, it basically posted posted the RFC in the the topic here. Okay, well, basically there are not many topics specific to PHP this month. So uh, let's move on to just a few articles that were published this month. Uh, Articles, would you like to start?
1: Yes, let me screen share the right screen. I think this one was the right one. And zoom in, yep. Uh, so the first article is called "Ding class as a better PHP STT class by Chris wow. Jeffries, um, from United Kingdom. So yeah, basically the article described that there is a standard class in PHP, which hmm. the basic object will where you can assign properties and, and, and functions and pass it as something standard basic. It's basically like a JSON in JavaScript, Um, but much, much more simpler than that. And specifically, uh, as he describes, why STD class is not enough is that um, uh, there are a couple of cases, like when you provide a function as a property, it's still a function, it's not a method of this class. And then, uh, oh, properties need to be predefined beforehand before using so there's not like um i don't know magic methods of fetching variables on on calling them and stuff like that so he decided to create his own din class which probably is based on dynamic class name right and he provides also a quite long example of what you could do like assign methods uh, instantiate through array assign method and, and stuff like that and then also showing um a test case when what you can assign to din class and std class and in the end what would output one and the other would fail outputting mm. uh, so you can compare the differences i don't, i can't say myself how i will required any similar functionality before like that, but maybe in some cases you need it, especially if, as author developing a templating engine. Uh, that Probably something like this would be useful in this case.
0: Yeah, this is, uh, this is somewhat an, an unusual package that was actually released uh, in the previous month. And uh, the idea uh, was just to overcome a few limitations that the author considered. So it is, um, uh, it is different. <laughs> I wouldn't say I would probably need those features, but I can yeah. see uh, uh, the, the why you wanted them. Um, okay. Uh, uh,
1: so let me comment on the next one too. Okay. Uh, how to install Laravel 5 framework on Ubuntu by praful Kumar. Uh, from India. Uh, so actually, yeah, I'm not too much of a Linux user. <laughs> I'm more of a Windows user. So uh, uh, that actually was uh, that's the start was actually interesting for me. Okay, I can get that you can get an installer here and run it through PHP, pipe it to PHP and run the script and, and stuff like that. But then you need to move uh, permission and stuff like that. I thought that could be an easier way to install. But okay yeah. that's probably some specific to the PHP script execution or something like that.
0: Uh, no there is also the things with the apache and the other things. Yeah, and do you
1: need yeah to so uh, yeah so basically to install uh, that that's how we are installing composer yeah so basically to install laravel you just clone it from the github repository and then you run a composer which is a basically Dependency uh, for instant dependencies, which is basically a package manager, right? And then um, some permission setup uh, on different uh, level folders. Mm-hmm. So I guess this was it for caches and stuff like that. And and then here we just assign user and group uh, for, for, for Apache server to the variable mm-hmm. uh, folder. Yes. And uh,
0: oh, yes, this is nothing unusual but there are there is some yeah some some configuration for you to do uh, that is probably yes not coming out of the box
1: you can you can say that it's not unusual but it's probably quite different on windows
0: <laughs> no it's it, yes because this is this is for specific for ubuntu and i, I think it's uh, uh you can somehow generalize it to other um Linux distributions.
1: Yeah, true. And so then you need to generate the key, uh, not for the usage, but more for, like, an encryption. Like, I think it's used to, like, salt or something like that inside, no? Or it's in really a really app key. Yeah. Yeah, for, for, for API requests or something like that. Probably, right? No, uh, I,
0: I don't use Laravel. I, I use my own um, packages, but uh, I think it's probably that Okay, Mm,
1: and then configuring the Apache and starting the application. That's about it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, on my behalf, I also would like to comment on a few packages. If I can share the screen. Okay. Can you see the screen? Yep. Yeah. So this article, actually written by uh, somebody an an unknown. Not <laughs> uh, well. This is an article that I wrote because uh, I suddenly several things stopped working uh, with uh, the so-called rich text editors that um, we used to uh, edit uh, HTML on the browser. And I, I was editing uh, some blog article, and uh, when it was saving, because the save is done via Ajax requests or something like that. Uh, but when I submitted, the form was being blocked by Chrome. And this happened at least in Chrome 57. And it was issuing this error, uh, error block by XSS Auditor. So this is a feature of Chrome that uh, when it detects some pattern of uh, some security exploit, like uh, some uh, HTML, being injected in applications that could uh, somehow uh, cause some cross site uh, scripting. The, well, Chrome tends to block these requests and it started uh, in Chrome 57. Not, not the, 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 this feature, but uh, some bogus security blocks uh, because uh, there is nothing insecure of course you need to su- submit uh, HTML f- mm. to the server because it is being edited. But for some reason they are, they, they are blocking these requests. I have looked around, it is, it is not happening just in my uh, block editor that uses just some regular JavaScript but is it blocking many types of uh, content management systems. I did not know what was the problem but I researched it and looked around Uh, there there is a way to disable these blocks Um, these blocks they are not uh, a bad thing uh, except then they trigger false security problems which was the case so but what you can do is to put this header here in your uh, pages and uh, those that will disable the, the, the XSS uh, Auditor of Chrome. So, when, uh, that is one thing about this article. Another thing is that uh, the actual security filtering that you should perform should always happen on the server side, even if there, you already have something on the browser side to do it, because you need to uh, avoid some uh, requests that could, can be forged. So, this article is about a package that I developed many years ago, and it has um, a, a module like that will filter uh, on HTML. So, only some whitelisted properties and tags are allowed. And here is, is the code to do it. So, anyway, uh, I don't know if the current versions of Chrome are fixed because this was released like in uh, a month ago i think let me
1: check do you have a page where to check it because i have 58 version right now
0: i did not try 58 without this tag because when you put this tag i mean this header uh, to disable the the filtering uh, Mm -hmm. the filtering uh, the 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 security filter will not uh, happen um but when I, uh, I I tried it, I was using Chrome 57. Uh, meanwhile, Chrome 58 has some other problems. It's a nightmare. It is. <laughs> I don't know if you are facing the same problems. It has many uh, bugs No, Not
1: this one, but, but, but um, no, I don't remember any specific right now.
0: Yes, but there are other things unrelated with security. It's just things that stop working like uh, it messes around with some um, um, uh, x windows uh, display variables i don't know it's totally bored so i started using chrome 59 which is in beta i think it is still in beta probably it will be uh stable soon uh well anyway this basically this is it and um mm-hmm. this is the all. just to tell that uh Always have security filtering on the server side because the browser side may be failing. Uh, so, basically, that's about it with this article. Okay, now we are going to start talking about the latest uh, PHP and JavaScript Innovation Award winners and nominees uh, this month. Let me share the screen here if I don't get confused with the screens. This one, is Oh, man, using Windows is so... <laughs> I know, that's it, me. Yep. I'm slow. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we have like... Um, oh, wait. Uh, wait, there is some playback here. Uh, we are starting talking about the, the winners of February, and uh, this month, uh, I mean, for jazz classes this month, we have like four nominees.
1: And um, well, which ones would like to comment, first. Okay, let me share the screen. Ah, that Windows so difficult. <laughs> windows uh, I'm, is difficult. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> uh, so the first class I want to comment is jQuery Custom Select, developed by Martin Barker from United Kingdom. And basically, there are select inputs already default in HTML, but problem is that you can't really customize them much. And this is a jQuery plugin that would recreate your existing select input with HTML elements and allow you also to customize it. Uh, I would de-style it and, and, and how would it would look like. I would wish there would be a screenshot, or example, but there's only code. Yeah, basically. You already have an element defined, so you just uh, okay. uh, run jQuery selector on it and run the plugin, it would recreate it in, okay. in another form that you can yeah. customize it more.
0: Yes, that's true, because uh, I think it's quite limitating. Although I never needed to uh, configure it much more than uh, what the default provides, but uh, there are, it's a bit restrictive. So, this plugin should uh, help uh,
1: developers to further make it more configurable. And Martin got one ebook of choice by Pact for this package. Uh, and the next is Class.js, which allows you to create classes with JavaScript and also Node.js, jQuery, and vanilla JavaScript in browser. Uh, developed by Emil Kilage from Sweden. Um, so uh yes with tech we already have classes or class like system but but we don't have it in the browser so this is where it comes useful and i think there was also an example Yes, yeah, so you have a class and then you can have class and then you can create instances of your class and i think you could also create an inheritance to inheritance extend classes uh yes your class extend and simple utility package adding uh, OOP, much mm-hmm. more understandable OOP to JavaScript than, than it has, not a prototype best, but more a class based.
0: Right. Uh, well, now we can call it classes. Anyway, uh, well.
1: <laughs> True. Uh, uh, uh,
0: this is an object to create classes, uh, but. Uh, Now, with the ECMAScript 6, people that don't do real classes will do it, but it's still uh, very interesting, very very useful, makes it more um, manageable. I prefer to deal with classes. Not I don't know about you, but for many years, dealing with classes is much straightforward than using prototypes. True. Okay, so on my behalf, I also would like to talk about a couple of packages. Let's take a look if I can share the screen and find the screen that I'm sharing. Okay. Uh, the, the first one is Cancelable Shame Promises. And this one is from Jeremy Judo from China. Well, doesn't look like a Chinese name, but more like French name. But okay. yeah, it's a French person living in China. Anyway, um, this is for let's see if I have some for handling asynchronous events uh, with the promises that can be cancelled. Like uh, if something does not happen, it will not do the following uh, callbacks for the promises that are shamed. Here it, it has a demo and this is something. To, does
1: it only uh, cancel or it does even do some kind of a rollback?
0: I mean, cancel, I think it is in the sense of not calling the then or not the else. OK. I, I I don't know what could be the rollback. I think you were asking for magic. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know if you can uh, see much here in the demos, but you could see it if you want to take a look further on this. So, moving on to the next package, which is from Andris stuff from Hungary. Uh, this is basically a Windows manager inside the browser, so it can, it can manage windows. Remote- I did not. F- oh, it's a shame there is no demo here. But, 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 but probably, uh, probably there is some demo somewhere. I did not find it for now. But it's basically a Windows manager. Uh, you cannot drag windows and uh, do the usual as with Windows as if you had like windows on, on, on inside a browser window. So for this, Andersdorf uh, picked uh, one uh, uh, license of IP to country database, uh, and uh, for now that's all in terms of nominees in February. So as for the, the rankings, as you know, GS uh, classes has not so as many people participating, but it's still a few uh, in terms of uh, uh, individual authors. First, the, uh, Emil Kilas from Sweden is ahead with three packages and 11 points. Then we have Martin Barker from the uh, United Kingdom with two packages and nine points. Martin Lacher with one package and five points. And then Arthur Sassin from Latvia with one package and three points it's tied with Germany, Judo and other uh, as I mentioned from Hungary, with one package and three points. Theo Obiwalski from Germany with one package and two points. Is uh, tied with Tom Prost from Spain with one package and two points. Don Hastings with one package and one, one point. Finally, the ninth position with one package and uh, one point. Uh, by country, United Kingdom is ahead because it, uh, they have more people participating. With the they have uh, like four package, fifteen points. Then Sweden uh, uh, is next with three packages and um, 12, eleven points uh Latvia, China and Hungary are tied in third place with one package and three points. And finally Germany and Spain are tied with uh, uh in sixth place uh, with one package and two points now moving now moving on to the PHP Innovation Award the winners the nominees of February we have a lot like eight nominees which is good but which also gave, gives us a lot of work to comment on this. So let's get started. So we can hint uh, before Artis goes to sleep.
1: Yes. Okay, so uh, Artis, go ahead. OK. Uh, so the first one is PHP Termux API. I think we already commented about it in the last month's articles. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, but basically, it's developed by Luis Martinez from Peru. And uh, it uh, allows uh, to access um, some Android device uh, data through PHP. So basically, there is this Termux application that runs on Android, with, so, so, which provides like an SSH access to the Android device in which you can run PHP and which uh, and then you can run this class to get the information about device on this PHP. So it can check the battery status, get the camera details, take the pictures, and all these tasks that you can read here. Um, and yeah, Luis, I think, is the first one to pick one big PHP and POSH mascot for this package.
0: Yeah. Yes, he, uh-huh. he was the one that uh, I was fortunate to pick. The elephant, as you may imagine, it's a uh, the most desired prize. So sometimes uh, some authors get upset because they missed to get the first prize as the elephant but sorry there are not many elephants, only one for per month and I hope the authors that get up get them are enjoying. Usually they are because I always ask them to send pictures and they, they always show nice pictures of them smiling. Just because it's this PHP like here. Not <laughs> not because of the elephant. Nobody cares about blue elephants. Um, exactly. Okay. So uh, carry on.
1: Yeah. So there are also the screenshots uh, about how it's used uh, on the real Android, so you could see it. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, the next package is let's comment about this one. Uh, It's a PHP batch XML attribute writer developed by Martin Van Urk from the Netherlands. And so it's an XML writer, but if you're writing large, large files, then it could actually automatically split up uh, it and write it uh, into multiple, several documents, multiple files. Given limit of uh, tag attributes, and that's actually something I recently needed and did something myself in OGS when exporting large databases to split into multiple files. Uh, Yeah. So yes, these things are quite useful, and I think that's the main part why it was nominated as innovative, right?
0: Right. It's more because of the size. I think it, it makes sense. It's actually something I did not uh, think about because I usually do not use XML. Well, not I don't use XML much these days. But uh, yeah. for what I use, it's not uh, many documents that are not very large. But uh, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. And Martin got PHP ID Storm PHP Storm ID subscription for this package.
0: Okay. On my behalf, I also like to comment. Uh, let me check here. I'm also like to comment on a bunch of packages. If I can share the screen here, uh, blah, here, 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 okay. Can you see it? I think so. Yep. So, if I can put the window to the front, okay. The first one I'd like to comment here is this uh, Pachang calendar. I never heard of this before, but it seems to be. Uh, a type of calendar from the Hindu culture that not only shows the days of the month but also moon phases and sunrise and set and other uh, interesting details for those that uh, would like to know about those uh, uh, things on the calendar and um, this one was developed by Sadev. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing his name right. He's from India and he picked as prize uh, a copy of PSP tools for Visual Studio. Um, so, uh, moving on to the next package, I'd like to comment is Tobacco Class from uh, Pierre Fouque from France. Uh, this is an interesting thing because it's an unusual. It's basically to, to perform several types of tests. To evaluate the dependency and motivation of people that are smoking. Hmm. Uh, and so it presents several types of questionnaires and I think it presents also the results. And there are
1: demos. Can we see them? Uh,
0: yeah. If we can. Uh, what they open on non SSL pages, so they have to be open on separate.
1: No, this is the English version, yeah. Okay. It's the English version.
0: Test well, okay, you can see here some forms. You just fill some you know, details and then it evaluates the results. So, for those that work on this area, it's, it's very specific, but it seems to be very interesting. Um, I see for this package, I think uh, Pierre did not pick his price yet. I'm not sure if it was not turn, but it's possible that's the case. I, I would need to check and let's see. Uh, where are the, uh, the Innovation Award winners standing? Basically, yeah, by in authors, uh, individual authors. In 2017, from so far, we have Nahid bin from Bangladesh, is ahead with 50 points. Uh, Sergey Vanishin is second with four and 41 points. He's from Russian, Christian V is third with 2 packages and 39 points. Peter Kahl from uh, Hong Kong is uh, has two packages in 25 points and is tied with Jalous Brexit from Belgium. Uh, in uh, sixth place is Alessandro Quintilana from Italy, is Charles uh, from Australia, Tassi Ahmad Abazil from uh, I think Pakistan is tied with Gavin Gordon Markovsky uh, from Canada. All with one package and 13 points. So, uh, to end, uh, there is Luis Martino from Peru with one pack and 17 points. That's by individual options. As for countries, uh, again, United States is in f- ahead, followed right after by France. So, United States and uh, France have been very strong lately. The uh, United States is, has well, five packages and 61 points and France has 4 packages and 58 points. In third place, uh, came Bangladesh with 3 packages and 50 points, basically the same points as Gornari being Then comes Russian Federation with 4 packages and 41 points, Pakistan with 3 packages and 38 points is in fifth, in sixth is uh, Italy with 2 packages and 35 points, followed by Hong Kong and Belgium with 2 points, package and 25 points then uh india with three packages 23 points uh is in ninth place and canada is in 10th with one package and 21 points well with this we finally completed the recording of the lately impeach podcast uh, 50 50 no wait it's not grow it's uh, 83 <laughs> I like to- I like to thank uh, Arter's uh, again uh, for staying up so late and dealing with the, all the things that went wrong. Maybe next time we, we, I can try it first. I don't know what happened. It was something with Hardy? So on my behalf, that is all for now. Bye.
1: Bye.